What is going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Depressed Reds podcast. And yeah, what a match it was on Saturday. Depressing, shambolic, comedy com- it was it was com- it was a shit comedy at the back. A circus in the midfield. Our forwards had pretty much nothing to do. And yeah, everything's a bit rotten right now. It's not a good time to be a United fan, but Ferguson said if you can't support us when we're losing, don't support us when we're winning, which seems like a long time away the way things are looking. Of course, Liverpool game up next and a lot of things about to happen off the field and that will be touched on in the next episode which should come out sometime in the middle of next week. But yeah, we and Delwin from the last episode, so hey say hi guys. Hi, it's good to be back. Yeah, so yeah, now we shall dive right into the absolute farce that we witnessed yesterday, and yeah, we move. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is the performance of the lineup. The substitutes, if they, I mean, they didn't really do anything, but yeah, a depressing performance, and all the ratings are going to be bad as hell. But yeah, so in terms of lineups, I think. Most people would have been happy with the lineup after the first game. Everyone, everyone would have wanted McTominay out of that lineup, and that's what Ten Hag did. The only change was McTominay came he coming in for Ronaldo, and I mean it's not like it worked or anything. Fred also made his own mistakes. I'll, the main culprit being David de Gea in goal with the most shocking display I have seen. He the first goal. It was a nailed-on save. He makes the easy things look difficult, and he makes the difficult things look easy. That's that. I think that's what sums David de Gea up. He was one of the worst players. Listen, the defense. Everyone, everyone. No one was good. No one. No one had a performance which they can be proud about. Maybe other than the substitute Malasia. And yeah, I'm gonna let the others talk about the midfield and the attack. So I'm gonna hop it on over to Delwin right now for his comments. So yeah, like you said, Ishan, it was horrendous. It was abject. It was pretty poor to say the least. And this is just me being as civilized as possible while talking about the performance. So like you rightly said, when the lineups came out, everyone wanted everyone wanted McFred out, rightly so, because of the poor performance and the poor shift that they put in against Brighton in the first game. So Ten Hag did the right thing by putting McTominay out and getting in Eriksen. The problem was that the way that the team was set up was that Eriksen coincidentally became the deepest midfielder among us, uh, which is not exactly once again his natural position. Uh, similarly to the way he played as false nine against Brighton, once again he was lost. And then the first goal that we conceded, uh, people talking about a foul on Ronaldo. To be really honest, I did not see the foul. I did not see any sort of contact, and even if there was any contact, it was soft. It was soft. It was. It was soft. Yes. So I didn't see the foul there, but when the shot came in, uh, ten out of ten times you just you just put your money on the keeper to say that he gathers it, he smothers it, or whatever the whatever he wants to do. The way he let the ball in is deja vu of the 2018 World Cup where he let Ronaldo's shot go through him. It was that similar. It was so eerily familiar. You just can't, you know. This is a keeper who has been there 
I think this will be his tenth or eleventh season with the club. He's been great. He's been a great servant for us. He's he's been responsible for winning matches on his own. But I don't think this is the time where we need someone like him because football has evolved in such a way that keepers like De Gea are slowly and steadily becoming a relic. Uh, shot stopping is not the only thing that classifies in you becoming a great goalkeeper. It's now multifaceted job than another. So I it it was poor goalkeeping. Then we talk about the second goal. Uh, yes, there's been a philosophy of us playing out from the back, which was successfully implemented in pre-season. Uh, but when you know, you know there have been many instances where the trigger has been the moment the ball releases from the goal kick. Uh, Brentford took advantage of the same thing. Every time the goal kick was played short, but that was the trigger for the Brentford press, and they do not need a second invitation to press. They absolutely do not. You give them an inch. They're going to be all over you, and that is exactly what they did. They were all over our defenders. Our defenders were harried. Our defenders were hassled, clueless with the sheer intensity of the pressure, and that is how the second goal came in. Uh, you had you go long, you know. De Gea is adept at kicking the ball long. Yes, he's not good at the possession part of things, but then when you know you can hoof it, just hoof it. There's no rocket science behind this. Just go behind the ball, put it all, and then take the long way out. You can't be so inclined to playing out of the back even after the n number of times you've been pressed. Eriksen gets dispossessed in the penalty area. Jensen Jin takes an unerring shot, side foots, and then he wrong foots De Gea as well. So yeah, that was the second goal in a nutshell. Uh, the third goal was another comical piece of defending from us. I mean, whenever. Brentford got a set piece, or whenever we got a goal kick, we were just praying for the worst to not happen. But every, I think the man above didn't answer our prayers, because every time Brentford got a promising set piece, they took the most out of it. They took full advantage about our uncertainty in dealing with their set pieces, and that is how the third goal came up. Somehow, Lisandro Martinez went on to being somewhere around the centre. To being the only guy in the back stick marking a six foot four Ben Me, I mean, there's only going to be one winner out there, and then you know what happened. We were three nil down within the blink of an eye, and then your worst nightmare just comes true. You know, this is not supposed to happen. Keep in mind, we haven't lost to Brentford in a Premier League game, home or away, since 1938. I think most of us weren't even born then, let alone our parents or anyone. That was the time when we last lost. Grand. That exactly. That was the last time we lost to Brentford, and then the fourth goal. Uh, and the fourth goal was a classic counter attack, and these are the type of counter attacks that we used to pull off in the 2021 season. Classic counter attack. You know, five seconds from defense to attack, Embuemo just brutally out muscles Luke Shaw. Who had no business being so deep into the opposition half when you know that you're the last defender standing there, and then just like that, 35 minutes down, it's four nil. It's an embarrassment, and then the second half became nothing but an exercise of damage limitation. You know, uh, we just wanted to not concede any more goals. David Raya was a mere spectator. We just couldn't do much, and then yeah, it was just shambles all across. You know. 
even the manager after the game in his post match conference went about slamming that the players cannot be so naive you know you cannot be this naive against any team let alone brentford and credit where it's due brentford was sublime brentford was sensational uh they were brilliant and yeah it was all in all a rather horrendous day just like our third kit the performance was equally horrendous yeah as you had said about how the club is being run the structure yeah it it's that that the result yesterday and the results over the past 5 6 months is just it's it's symbolic of the rot that has infested that has been infesting at this club over the last maybe 10 15 years it's it's so hard to swallow the pill that okay there is a chance we're not a serious club anymore you know we see clubs like city and liverpool being run it's it's like we have been starved of a running football club you know we the the basic things that liverpool and city's rightro footballs do we and when our our when the people who are running our club do we're like oh my god we they're making moves you know that's how starved we are of a functioning football club i don't i don't get the op- see now that the optimism is dead and buried in hindsight i don't get how people who support manchester united football club can get hyped when the same infrastructure is running the absolute crap show going on behind the scenes and the manager is the one who has who's facing the music for it these players have let the past 3 4 managers down ten hag isn't suited to these players and these play- players aren't suited to ten hag why these players aren't suited to ten hag is that these are not this is not only like these players are signings from previous managers it is the the neglected players of other managers coming culminating together to form an amalgamation of averageness that's what this team is an amalgamation of averageness with ronaldo that's that's what manchester united are right now and we have the probably the biggest game of the season coming in 8 days we have just brentford just shipped four past us in the first half there is a realistic chance that we could be hitting double figures if i had told this to myself this time last season i'd be i'd think now nah, whatever you're joking you're joking that double digits is unheard of and as a manchester united fan i am admitting it is something that could happen with with what all of us saw yesterday it was comical the errors we were making we everyone saw how passing out from the back wasn't working so anyone with half a brain cell would think okay fine this is not moving as as delna said just hoof it up and see what happens oh no we decide to manchester united up and play some tiki taka on the back and we don't even get the tiki part right the first pass we have we pass it to the one guy is getting pressed out from in the back line and they walk the goal in, in and the It is so frustrating to watch, but I'm not gonna run through it. We're just gonna move on to the player ratings. So I'm gonna take care of the goalkeeper and the defense. Uh, Dalwin and Arunya will take the midfield and the attack. So David De Gea's rating, a solid two, 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 because I'm being nice. Two, because I'm being nice. Out of the respect I have for what he's done for us in the past six, seven years, that's out of pure respect. I'm giving him that much. Luke Shaw. 3.5. I don't know what he's doing at the club. Lisandro Martinez 4. Maguire 4. Dalo 3. Dalo didn't really it's 
he is so infuriating to watch he has the ball he dribbles up he dribbles up he makes a nice run on the right side and then he cancels all that by dribbling back and passing it back to the goalkeeper he is so infuriating to watch and when he does decide to cross it in it goes 10 feet over ronaldo's head every other is it's so infuriating to watch. i don't even want to talk in i'm going to give it to delvin to talk about the midfield uh yeah ishan so i totally agree with uh, your ratings Uh, there was one stat that was a di- damning indictment of how we played in the first half. Uh, in the entire first half that we played, uh, we did not make a single tackle in the entire forty-five plus whatever extra time was there in the first half. You're joking? No, I'm not. We did not make a single oh tackle God. in the first half. That's how abject our performance in the first half was. That solely stems from the midfield, starting off with Christian Eriksen. Uh, yes, there was some bad blood between him and the Brentford fans. I think presumably that is because uh, Eriksen did not acknowledge them after joining the club. For us, there was no acknowledgement from Eriksen on any of the socials. So maybe that. But then once again, here's the problem, right? You know what is Eriksen's strengths. You know. which position is more favorable in why are we rotating his position every now and then you play him as a false nine in the first game fair enough you wanted to try something then work why make him your deepest central midfielder you cannot have eriksen so deep against a team like brentford and keep in mind most of these players that brentford have are familiar to eriksen because majority of the brentford midfield is danish they play with each other in the national team they know his strengths they know his weaknesses inside out so putting eriksen as the deepest player was like a, he was basically like a deer stuck in headlights you know he, he he was dispossessed for the second goal uh overall it was under par he did have a shot towards the end that was missed he stunned the palms of raya but then overall i would have to give him a 3.5 yeah because that's that's the threshold for success apparently but then so it is the 3.5 for eriksen uh coming to fred in the first half ah uh, mixed back for me uh in the 45 i felt he was the only one who was trying to put an effort it's a different thing that he was being sent to the shops every now and then by dasilva because it's so he want he was overcompensating for the lack of inactivity by the rest by committing into tackles and just coming out of it rather embarrassed he was be- he was very close to being sat down twice in the same sequence but somehow he managed to stay on his feet which is an achievement in itself uh, i give him a 3.5 as well he was the only one who showed a little bit of an inkling to you know play ball at the first half because i did not see anyone else put even a little bit of the effort So yeah, three point five for Fred as well. If I'm being generous, maybe a four. But yeah, I don't think there's anything that could you know improve these improve this lot. The petulant, they are they're soft. They just want to go through the motions, and no matter whatever dreams we were sold by these lot, these lot are just getting to a point where. I think they would be one of the most hated Man United teams ever to play, and that's from a fan perspective, not by the rivals. The rivals are enjoying every bit of our downfall, you know. It's the it's these lot are just 
annoying. Whenever I see them, I lose brain cells. Whenever I watch them play, I lose brain cells. So yeah. Then coming on to uh, Fred Erickson, and then I think we I think we played two four two three one right. Yeah. So that was we. We were essentially a bunch of highlighters running across the pitch, looking like a bunch of clowns. It was infuriating. It was painful. It was numbing to watch what was going on yesterday. It was men against boys. Whatever, all the cliches that you want to use, use it because it just sums up what was going on. So now we're gonna look ahead to the. It's not look ahead. I'm. I'm, I'm dreading it. We were looking ahead to the Liverpool game on. Uh, is it on Saturday or Sunday? Uh, I think it is. Just a second. No, it's on a Monday. It's on a Monday. Oh. Yeah, so it's on the next Monday, and it could be an absolute humiliation on another level. This is after we were humiliated last season at Anfield and Old Trafford. Both were equally as bad, but. This, this could be even worse. We just let Brentford ship four past us. And Liverpool know what they're doing. I mean, they were Premier League champions, UCL, all that. They've won it. We've won the Bangkok Century Cup. That's the gulf. You know, that's the gap between us. They've made some nice moves. They've, they got Carvalho in. They got Mane out and got Nunes in. Who else did they get in? Uh, there's a fullback called Calvin Ramsey. But then I don't think he's ready to play just yet. Uh huh. But yeah, that's about. They did not make a lot. They did not make a raft of new signings. Yeah, there uh, was already yeah. a nice squad. They, they just they, polished yes. it up here and there. They've rewarded Jota with an extension. Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Liverpool are firing on all cylinders. Mitrovic just bodied them last last game. I think that's just down to a bit of rust. I think Liverpool will be all over us. We will we'll see what they do again. I think they play Crystal Palace tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, correct. Yeah, so uh, that'll, that'll be a good game to watch. I still think Liverpool are going to walk walk through them. They've, they're, they're, they're such a well-organized team. They press so nicely. It's like I can't really find a flaw in them except maybe like Henderson or something. But that's not like a bad flaw. It's like you could improve, but he does the job fine. Everyone in that team plays a role. That... United, it's the complete opposite. It's Ronaldo and everyone else. It doesn't matter who. You can have a bunch of babies in the back and the outcome would be the same. That's how, that's again, the stark difference between the two teams right now. And yeah, so Liverpool, on paper, it's a 4-3-3. But I'm going to let Delvin dive into the tactics more and more and how it would shape up. But I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to end well for us. Maybe if we have a few signings. Rabio, Diong, or whoever. Even realistically, even God won't be able to save us with the way we're playing. God, Jesus, add everyone. The whole, no one's gonna be able to save us the way we're playing right now. I'm gonna let Delvin right dive into this, bro. So, Ishan, I'm going to paint you a picture. Uh, yeah. It's 35 minutes for yesterday's game. Uh, we're down four nil. Somewhere in Liverpool, Mo Salah, Luis Diaz. Darwin Nunez, Diogo Jota, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. If you want to include Robertson, you can go ahead and include him as well. Okay. 
they're all looking at the TV screen and smiling to themselves. And there's only one thing that they're talking. Yeah, we're going to smash these guys away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty grim picture to paint. And that is the reality that we face. I'm, I'm not making any bones about this. We will literally be playing there to save our skin. And nothing less than that. We'll just show up for the match bonus. Yeah, exactly. The... The thing is, Liverpool are so overpowered right now that even an injury to Thiago will not put a spanner in their works. Thiago is out for six weeks, by the way, but that doesn't make the slightest difference. Correct. Because that team is a unit. That team is a well-oiled machine. You know, they've they've out they've outdone us in terms of recruitment. They've outdone us in terms of philosophy. They are the club along with Man City to be right now, you know. Uh, we will have to play out of our skins and then some. But then I still don't see how can we be of any competition to these teams. Because the last time we played them both, uh, we lost both the games in an aggregate of 9-0. 5-0 at home, 4-0 away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've already said that they play, at, play a 4-3-3. But that will not matter. They even even if they play three five two, they're going to smash us. Even if they play four two three one, they're going to smash us. It's it's rather sad, you know, because there was a time when Liverpool were going through this and we were laughing, and now the roles have reversed. Yeah, they're like Fabio Fognini yeah. and th- those guys up exactly. front. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The likes of Borini, Lambert, Charlie Adam. Those were. The I mean, Dejan, Dejan Lovren. I mean, they've gone a long way from that. You know, even Dejan Lovren won the Champions League with them. Correct. So, yeah. exactly. So, this is, like you said, we we'll, we'll be have to save face. But then once again, if I'm, I know I might be too optimistic here or whatever, it might be sounding delusional or I'm hallucinating or whatever, but whenever we are at our lowest somehow no matter the situation no matter the manager no matter the players we have somehow managed to come up with the performance somehow i don't know how i don't know why but whenever the chips are down we've always come up with a performance and maybe maybe next week could be that day where we come up with a performance but that's a big maybe that's a big if like like once a fan said, I don't believe in ifs, buts and maybes, I believe in absolutes. So we have to wait and see until the game. But then this could also be the game where the players maybe get a right kick up their backside and say, yes, I think this is the time to turn up. We've already put in two disaster class of performances in our first two games. This is the biggest game of our season. There is more than just three points at stake here. Correct. Okay. Yeah. This is a rivalry that has gone on for ages. This is not the battle between two successful clubs in England. This is a battle between two ideologies, two sets of fans who want bragging rights and nothing more. And it's it's more than just a fixture. It's the biggest fixture in England. Yes, the importance is faded. Yes the transitional states of both clubs are chalk and cheese but it still remains one of the biggest fixtures in the English football calendar and you do not want a fixture like this to go one-sided it's for the neutrals for the fans whatever 
So all I'm asking is just turn up. We don't want you to do elaborate tricks and flicks. We don't want you to do the rabonas. We don't want you to do trivellas. We just want you. We yes, we just want you to come. We just want you to turn up. We just want you to play for the damn batch. It's not that sim. It's not that tough. It's not rocket science. You just play for the batch. Do what you do in training, and that's about it. It's easier said than done, but maybe try playing for the batch sometimes. You have done a lot of work in throwing managers under the bus. You have done a lot of work in throwing many people under the bus. For once, just have that iota of self-respect for the club, and just play for that damn badge. It's not too much to ask for. You talked about the players doing rabonas and stuff. The game against Bra- yesterday's game, we, we were two 0 down. We were getting absolutely hammered, and then I'm seeing Rashford trying to do well. I think he tried to do a back heel, but it looked like he was having a body spasm. All our players. I get that you're trying to make things happen, but we uh, we make it look so difficult. Instead of doing the simple things, we'll try to do a rabona heel flick. Oh, I don't even know if that's a thing or not. But it just looks like body spasms. Counter attack, go. We make these simple things look so difficult. Brent against Brentford, we did that. They shipped four past us. Against Liverpool, we do that. That's eight, twelve, whatever. Four times tables. What are out of that? You choose how much they score past us. You know, it is it it as you said, them playing for the badge is the bare minimum. It should be the bare minimum. But with this lot, it's something we have to beg them for. So please turn up, please turn up. This right from from within the circumstances we are in right now, this is a matter of dignity. Simple dignity. Turn up, play for the badge, go home. Lose, okay, fine. But have some fight. The game against Brentford, pardon me for with uh, sorry for being a bit crude in terms of image but we bent over we let them do whatever they wanted with liverpool we do that it's going to be finished if already there's there's a lot of protests and all that happening i'll touch on that next episode but if things go wrong in this liverpool game i don't know where we are going to be as a club because the rest of this season in terms of footballing results i don't really care arsenal finished eighth and look at where they are now. I'm okay if... I don't think European football for us is a, necess- is a necessity for where we are right now as a club. You know, we need... We have been... We have been using... We've been throwing around the phrase as a fan base, the phrase resetting the club. Resetting the culture and all that. I think we, we are the only club who's had like three resets in the space of six years. I, I think that is what's funny about us as a club. We keep resetting. I, I don't get how it's well obviously I get how but it's it that itself is an achievement Rest, erasing years of hard work restarting from the beginning and then building up more and more excuses it it all comes down to this game yes you spoke about achievement Gary Neville said in the game after the game uh, it is an achievement where a club spends a billion pounds and is still bad I mean that's that's us in a nutshell, right? You spend a billion pounds <sighs> under the guise of, you know, being competitive, doing things in the transfer market that no one can do. You spend money helter-skelter without any clear sense of going forward. So, yeah, we're bad. In spite of spending this much money is an achievement in itself. 
and you know? it's, we spend and it's, money on the wrong players also i knew that the things i i knew that things would be bad before we see light at the end of the tunnel but the situation in the malays that they're currently in that the club is in is nothing short of abysmal you know we are currently like a, an ocean of mediocrity with no lighthouse to take us home and that is what we will remain if we do not get our acts together be it in the transfer market be it in the training ground whatever we need to get our acts up or this ocean will just engulf this once proud club into nothing but a facade of mediocrity a facade of grandeur which which we'll see nothing but gross incompetence on all fronts and i, I, I think something. we're already seeing that yeah we're already we're, seeing that but then yeah. you know i mean I, i'm run out of words you know we are what we are because of i i i mean it's just come to a point where we just want assurances that there will be better performances that's it we're not asking for trophies we're not asking for anything just give us good football just give us good performances is that too much to ask for based on the current expression of the players and the way they are playing i think it is way too much to ask for it's just too much i don't think we've moved on as a club like you remember like this was in like the middle of when oli was a manager everyone was going at oli was saying oh no the players are too naive they're saying oh this guy's using such like on like very generic words right they kept going after him in the press conference saying he's not using this tactic word he's not using the word gagan press he's not saying this word he's not saying that word that those words exactly sama was wrong with this team all he kept saying we lack belief today we were too naive we weren't sharp enough everyone would go after ali saying oh this guy doesn't know what he's doing ten hag said those exact things yesterday that just shows you where the team is we we're not doing the simple things right to move on to the more technical stuff like pressing and all we're not getting our head up and passing it we're trying to do some rabona trequartista all that all the weird stuff and then we still get four shipped past us you know nothing has changed we've got maybe three signings in eight people gone we've somehow got weaker over the transfer window we've got like three or two weeks left and i i, I do think we'll make some signings but it's hard to think that they're not panic signings if the season if we started off well i don't think we'd have got the flurry of deong news as we did before the brentford game it's ultimately it's all pr regardless if the deal happens or happens or not i still i think it will happen but it just reeks of desperation and that is that's that's the biggest problem with this club it it is everything is reactive it's not proactive everyone throws that word around but it just sums up united perfectly we are just putting out fires as they come up we are not we are not saying okay fine on oh, no, things are going wrong okay fine we need to change what's going on no we are in the same cycle for the last 10 years for the last 10 years we've been in the same cycle and the people in the club their solution okay it's fine let's get a new manager in we're going to we're going to back him the first summer team does well and then we don't back him at all and then that manager gets sacked reset that's already at one reset it is that cycle will never never end until the people who are in power the glazers leave it always goes back to the glazers because it's a valid thing arrival fans could say yeah but you spend a billion pounds who did we spend the billion pounds on who 
the all of the we like I think one summer we 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 uh, when did we get Fellaini? Uh, that was the first season after Fergie. That's the third. Didn't we end season. up paying like more than the release clause or something? Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> We paid more than what the release clause needed. We spent the whole summer negotiating for Marwan Fellaini, mind you. Marwan Fellaini. And we ended with the summer by paying more than what the release clause needed. And we missed out on big players that summer, no? like Benzema or Cruz. Or I forgot who else. But we missed out on a lot of players that summer. And I felt it says, bad. It says about the sad state. And, you know, I don't want to put you in a bad spot, but then... I think we need to get this out. What are your predictions for the Liverpool game? It's home. We're playing home. What are your predictions? So if you ask me, uh, I'm I'm genuinely not keeping my hopes up for this game. I do not have any hopes. Let me put it that way. So I'm going a three nil for Liverpool. See, there are, for me there are, there are my 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 decision making is in two. There is a realistic part of me and there is a sadistic part of me. The sadistic part of me says 6-0. The realistic part of me says 5-0. What we saw yesterday. You can take your pick. So I don't know what, I'm just going to go 5-0 because I believe in the lads, you know. I believe in Ronaldo to do something. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. But yeah, this club has driven me to the brink of madness. Supporting this club is a chore and a half. But yeah, 5 nil. 5 nil is my prediction. I'm not going to say to who. You're gonna, you can assume to who. But as you said, if we somehow pull an absolute madness and we do win 5 nil, then I'm going to say that's my prediction. I'm going to say 5 nil, but I'm not going to say to who. Let people assume. I think that sounds fair. So yeah, that's pretty much all we've got for today was... Very depressing episode, a very eye-opening episode for people who will listen to this. There's gonna be another one coming out sometime this week. With there'll be a, there'll be one new guest and one guy who is not here today, Tanme. But yeah, it's things are not looking good for us as a club, for the fans. We don't know what to expect. We ex- we said we expect we expect them to play for the badge. That's the bare minimum. We don't even know if we're gonna get that with these lot. We just had Brentford humiliate us. We're going to have Liverpool over at home. We lost 5-0 at home last time. I don't even know what to expect. But I'm not too confident. Delvin, what about you? Like you said, this was a rather eye-opening episode. We had a lot to get off our chests as fans. And we've tried to be as civilized as possible talking about the club. But yeah, hope still remains. There's always hope that we turn around the corner. Not sure when. There's this is these are dark times these are gloomy times for us but then there's always hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel you know so yeah it was a pleasure being here talking about the club we've decided to spend the rest of our lives with i guess so i think we need to take it as it comes hopefully we have something positive to talk about next episode i pray i pray so lads thank you for listening to another episode of the depressed reds Stay tuned for another episode that should come out sometime this week. And yeah, just pray, man. Just pray that we don't lose by 10. Thank you for listening, guys. See you on the next one.